2: Welcome to Hello Somebody, a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia, where we rage against the machine, where we raise our voices against injustice and stand up for justice, where we embrace hope and joy with an optimism for a brighter, more just future. Each week, I'll be dropping knowledge, whether it's a solo episode from me or a hearty discussion with esteemed guests doing great things in spaces and places of politics, entertainment, social justice, and beyond. We get real, baby. I mean, really real. We get honest. We get up close and personal for you. Yes, you, because everybody is somebody. Before we begin, I want to give a special shout out to my team. Thank you, Sim tiffany sam and the team over at good juju studios erica england pepper chambers the hot one and my social media team hello somebody it's black history month what you say oh yeah i said it's black history month february 2022 now we all know that black history month really starts on MLK Day. And we go from MLK Day all the way through February. (laughs) However, we can talk about Black History 365, but there is a month set aside to reflect on, celebrate, and recognize the history of Black folks in America. And Black History Month was a week. Yes, it was a week. And that week was in February still, but it started in 1926. And it was the vision of the one and only, the great historian Carter G. Woodson, baby. And Dr. Woodson was born in 1875 and he transitioned from this plane of existence in 1950. And the reason why Dr. Carter G. Woodson picked February and there's jokes in the black community about why does it have to be February, the shortest month of the year. It's still cold outside in most places. I get it. I got it. Because before I found out the history, too, I was looking side-eyed. Like I'm looking right now, but you can't see me. Side-eyed as, as to why it had to be February. Why can't it be in a in the summer months or a spring month? But there is a reason why Dr. Carter G. Woodson selected February, and it is because the birthday of President Abraham Lincoln is in February, and also the one and only baby, Mr. Mister, You Better Do That Thing himself, uh, Frederick Douglass, his birthday is in February, too. And both of those men meant a lot. Uh, In the black community. We know uh, the M.S. McPherson Proclamation. The Civil War. All of that kind of stuff. With President Abraham Lincoln. The 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments to the Constitution. Called the Civil War Amendments. And the great abolitionist himself. Frederick Douglass. Can I get a hello somebody on that? So that's just a quick, quick review. Of why Black History Month is in February How it started off as Negro History Week And now we got the expanded version, baby Ever since the holiday of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. We have been celebrating from that moment all the way through February But those of us who are conscious-minded We know that it's always appropriate, always a good time To talk about the history of black folks Hello, hello So, just a little bit, the miseducation of the Negro, and one of a a very deep quote from Dr. Carter G. Woodson. And it reads If you can control a man's thinking, you do not have to worry about his action. When you determine what a man shall think, you do not have to concern yourself about what he will do. If you make a man feel that he is inferior, You do not have to compel him to accept an inferior status, for he will seek it himself. If you make a man think that he is justly an outcast, you do not have to order him to the back door. He will go without being told. And if there is no back door, his very nature will demand one. Hello on that. That's an excerpt. From the miseducation of the Negro, Doctor Carter G. Woodson did that, basically saying how we are socialized, baby, what we are made to believe about ourselves. If we truly, truly believe in and absorb it, hey, you ain't got to do nothing else if you control a man's or a woman's or a person's mind. Now, Doctor Carter G. Woodson said, man, you know we can sub in a whole lot of stuff in in twenty, uh, twenty two sub in what you will, but the basic premise of what he is saying is that. So a man thinketh, so is he, to quote somebody else. The the, the strongest part of that is is, is that last part for me. If you make a man think he is justly an outcast, you do not have to order him to the back door. He will go without being told. And if there is no back door, his very nature will demand one. That is it. And we've had many conversations over the years about the whole notion of the back door, especially in the black community. There was a time in America's history, where black people could only go through the back door. We know that black people were relegated to certain types of work in this country, and especially black women, when we think about being a domestic, and also what it took to be able to get food from restaurants going through that back door. That was it. And a lot of that carryover carried over into the black community well after we didn't have to go through anybody's back door. But Dr. Carter G. Woodson is so correct that his the very nature, hey, it will demand a black door, a back door. Excuse me. Oh well, black door, back door. That's what it was about. I'm interested. Somebody go on and, and let me know what you're thinking about that. Should we still be going through the back door in the black community in our own homes? I know thinking about my grandmother, baby. You better don't come through the front door. The front door is for a special occasions. She still she was born in 1915. And you know that back door, and, and passed away in 1992. But she was all about that back door. Is that the same as what Dr. Car- Carter G. Woodson is talking about? Inquiring minds want to know. Hit a sister up, let me know what you think about that, whether or not that carryover about the back door is still relevant to black people to this day. But in any case, I am recommending that you read and reread and then read again The Miseducation of the Negro by Dr. Carter G. Woodson. All right, now, for this session of, hello, somebody, we are going to talk about, think about, vibe with the presence of black women in politics. How about that? And not only is this important to go back Think about the present and what could be possible into the future. But we know right now that there's a debate raging in our country about appointing a black woman to the Supreme Court of the United States of America. And of course, many in the black community are saying, hell yeah, way past time to do that. Should have been done. Let's do it now. And President Biden has said that he will do such, but not everybody is excited about it. I just saw an NBC poll where it revealed that most Americans, over 70%, believe that the choices for the Supreme Court of the United States of America should be broadened, that it should not be just open to black women, that the president should expand the search. And I'm thinking to myself, is that, is that right? Is that, is that how we feeling, America? Some of us in America, is that how we rolling? Open it up. And that was not the case since 99.9% of the Supreme Court justices have been white men. I'm not so certain America had a problem with that. But now all of a sudden, since the president has said he's going to pick A Black woman, now folks got something To say, it's funny how that works I'm going to pull up this uh, Tweet From somebody on Twitter, he was reading my mind So I didn't have to Put it down myself, all all I had to do Was amen what this person put, but when I Read about that poll I was thinking what he wrote And uh, Saying to myself, well you know what, all I got to do Is amen him, so James Coney on Twitter Joyful Rebellion film He quote tweeted On top of, I'm sorry it was ABC News Breaking, my bad, I know I say NBC Uh, ABC News breaking Breaking news on this So what it was breaking was that Just over three quarters of Americans Or 76% I said over 70% Pretty much the same thing But damn it's closer to 80% But just over three quarters of Americans 76% want President Biden to consider, quote, all possible nominees, end quote, while 23% want him to follow through on his commitment to nominate the first black woman to the Supreme Court per a new, I repeat, ABC News poll. And I was thinking to myself, ain't that some shit? I mean, seriously, that's what the first thing that came to my mind. So I was going to go and uh, quote tweet on that. And then I found this tweet right here by James. And this is what James tweeted breaking this very same 76 percent of americans were nowhere to be found the last 246 years when quote all possible nominees meant quote only white males 99.99999 percent of the time and then he put a side eye and i said okay amen Sister Turner, just go on and retweet that because that's how I'm feeling about that. The nerve, woo, the nerve. Yeah, so that's what's happening in real time. So let's see what happens. There have been a lot of Black women uh, jurists put up to to be considered to be nominated to the Supreme Court of the United States of America. And and baby, let's go on and do that. We will see what the GOP does. Whether they gonna play some games or just let the president get his nomination on through in the same way they did for President Donald J. Trump. I mean, they changed the filibuster rules, babe. They did, they did all kinds of stuff. Uh uh, Senator McConnell pushed that on through. So, Democrats, you better go on and do this. Push it on through. Let that sister on through. And I was thinking now, conscious mind, mind, and the reason why I say that because it needs to be about justice. Yes, having a black woman on the Supreme Court past time. But want that black woman and any Supreme Court justice, not just the black woman, you know, not putting this burden just on the black woman. This is how I feel about any nominee. Where do they stand when it comes to matters of justice? That is important. That is important because the black girl magic component to that is where they stand on justice. That black girl magic we're going to lay on top of where they stand on justice. My sister, Congresswoman, my little sis, Congresswoman, Cori Bush laid it down quite beautifully as well so i am going to just go ahead and uh share with you what she tweeted and i was feeling that i was feeling what she said too and so that was another amen of course i want to see a sister all up in that supreme court but we need leaders who believe in justice who will fight for justice who won't play around with it you know it ain't enough just to have a symbol we need the people who are going to do the daggone thing and stand up for it. And there is no doubt, leave no doubt, that a sister is going to bring a special kind of experience and view to the Supreme Court when that consciousness level is there. That's what it's about. Where do they stand? Let's stand on justice, the legacy of civil rights, the legacy of justice. That is what we want. Somebody that understands that justice must ring supreme. So here we go. This is what uh, Sister Congresswoman Cory Bush tweeted. I would love to see a black woman who will insist on racial, environmental, social, disability, and economic justice named to the Supreme Court. Identity is important, but it is not enough. Hello? That's it. Identity is important, but it's not enough because... You know what, baby, if it was enough, then we would just be okay with Clarence Thomas, Justice Clarence Thomas. Some people are okay with him, but I'm just giving that as an example. Let me remind you that the great, the first African-American Supreme Court Justice, Thurgood Marshall, did not want Clarence Thomas appointed as the Supreme Court Justice to replace him, although he is a black man. He did not want him. You know why he didn't want him? Because substance matters. It's not just about phenotype, it's not just about identity. What do you believe in? What are you willing to fight for? So so don't we can't act blunt brand new on this. It ain't just about appointing any black woman. We need a black woman that is committed. And Sister Corey, Congresswoman Cory Bush laid out there that will insist on racial, environmental, social, disability and economic justice. Identity is important, but it is not enough. So let us not forget that Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall did not want Clarence Thomas to become a Supreme Court Justice and certainly did not want him to replace him because he knew that this man was not committed. Was not committed, was not in the same lineage that he was a freedom fighter for justice. So as we get, we're going to watch this, make sure. Keep 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 an eye on this. Lift your voices. Way on in in this. So, I was thinking, you know, many many uh, black women. Many names are in the hop, hopper from uh, Cheryl Eiffel. You know, to, I mean, many. But one name I thought about too, and and the late great Lonnie Grueneer, Professor Lonnie Grueneer, would have been another uh black woman whose name would have been great to be placed uh, in that. She just recently passed away. but I was saying, wow, if you want some real redemption, go ahead and put uh, Professor Anita Hill up in there. Hello? Hello, somebody. <laughs> Woo, Sister Turner having too much fun with this right now. But yes, this will be a historic year. We will see a black woman appointed to the Supreme Court of the United States of America. And Democrats better use everything. They better fight like hell, just like the Republicans did. They better go ahead and do that. Don't play no games. Let's get this done. And GOP, don't do it. Don't try it. Don't stand in the way.
0: All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in, like, 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and one of you!
2: All right, so thinking about women, oh, I'm tickling myself, y'all. Uh, black women in politics is uh, really what I want to talk about today. And I'm drawn from one of my sheroes. I just can't help myself. And that is uh, Congresswoman Shirley Chisholm. And she was the first black woman to run for president in 1972. Uh, We just celebrated the anniversary of that uh, historic run in in January. And I am so glad in January 1972, Congresswoman Shirley Chisholm stepped in. She stepped into that. And there were many, and I mean many, black folks too. Feminists, black women, uh, I mean black people, feminists. That just felt like, oh, no, no, she didn't. Oh, yeah, yes, she did. And she had to fight for her space, and I'm so glad that she did. Uh, before we talk a little more about the congresswoman and that great, great, great historic moment for her, I want to draw our attention to an organization, Higher Heights for America, PAC, and they put out a lot of great stats about Black women and politics. And so I just want to share some of those stats with you just follow along with me in this, you know, and, and again, I would love to hear your thoughts. So the percentage of black women who participate in the political and social justice space, you know, are black women, and this is, you know, I'm, I'm laying this out just to think about, are black women in the 21st century still free to participate in the political and social justice space? How much has, have things really changed? How much are things pretty much still the same? You know, we are the first ones to call out and by no choice of our own have to deal directly with injustice by not being protected. Many times uh, Minister Malcolm X called the, the black woman, you know, made know that the black woman is one of the most unprotected uh, people is the most unprotected, disrespected uh, persons on the earth. You know, is that still true in 2022? I think it is. So we got to deal with a lot of injustices. We stand up for our families. We stand up for our community. And many times we're not protected. We are on the front lines. Yes, we are. But it seems like we are the last people that get positions of power. Now, that's just the turn of talking. Let's go ahead and and share some of these stats that I'm getting for Higher Heights for America. That's Higher Heights for America. So here we go. $16 That's the number of black women who are eligible to vote. 67% of that, 67% are registered. 24 is the number of black women serving in the United States House of Representatives. This is the most ever, but we still account for just 4.1% of all House members while being 6.8% of the population. Again, to get this data, go to Higher Heights for America, and then 8% of assets donated by black households to charity compared to 2% donated by their white counterparts. Imagine if we committed a small percentage of this to political giving. So black folks be donating, baby, you hear me? And what Higher Heights is saying, imagine what we could do if black people started to donate more, more on the political side. So we have to ask ourselves if if it is intentional or by coincidence that although black women show their prowess on election day after election day, black women are always asked in particular to save the Democratic Party. Save us, black women. Save us. Told that we are the backbone of the Democratic Party. Yet, meanwhile, in the Congress and governor's mansions, The presidency, I mean, you name it, most statewide offices, it has been hard for black women to get that power. To this moment, 2022, there has not been a black woman elected to serve as governor in these United States of America. Wrap your mind around that. So we got to ask ourselves, is this intentional? Is this systemic? Or is this by coincidence? I want somebody to talk to me about that. There we go. Let's go on and do that. But, you know, black women are running. More and more black women are running for office. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. We got to keep on pushing. We got to keep up the pressure. And it is black women from all walks of life and also from all ideologies. Black women don't necessarily believe the same things, not homogeneous when it comes to that. Now, we do, uh, by and large, vote for one party in this country. Uh, several, but our thoughts and belief systems are not necessarily uh, totally homogeneous when it comes to the ideological spectrum. That's it. So back to Congresswoman Shirley Chisholm. One of my favorite quotes. If they don't give you a seat at the table, bring a phone chair. <laughs> that is badass. I must say that. And then my other favorite quote by the Congresswoman. "Service is the rent. That you pay for room on this earth. That is it. That is it. And so black women have done some pretty amazing things in politics and just absolutely in life. You all know politics is, 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 is my space. And so I tell lots of stories about uh, I, or I talk a lot about uh, politics and use that as an example. Why is po- politics is important? Because who represents you? Who navigates the halls of power? What do they stand for, and what do they believe in? We know that most often, when black when black women are in power, they look out for whole communities, not just the black community, but all communities. Where, where when, and where I enter, as as a great a person once said, black women st- tend to stand up for those issues that are. Just right and good, those issues that lift all people in all communities. And I say 10, to because again, all black women, uh, black women don't think the same. And there is an ideological spectrum when it comes to politics. Some of us are progressives, some are moderates, you know, some lean a little more on the right um, to, to the right. So it, it just because you're a black woman doesn't necessarily mean politically, are uh, you that we believe uh the same things? So it is very important to understand that black women span the ideological spectrum, although from an electoral perspective, black women vote for the Democratic Party and overwhelmingly the black community, about 90% of the black community votes for Democrats. And we can have a whole debate about why that is so. And whether it should be so But going back to the centering Of Congresswoman Shirley Chisholm In this particular segment of Hello Somebody And I want to take Just remind you of just a wonderful speech Her announcement speech It was January 25th, 1972 I want to rock a little bit of that And I encourage you to go look it up also encourage you to uh, not, not only look it up to read it, but also to hear it in all of her glory. Do you know how much courage it took to stand up there and say, I am going to run for president? Every president in the United States of America had been a white man. Very few black women, very few. She was the first. Had even dared to dream that they could be bold enough, have the audacity to run for president. And so as we connect how I started this conversation with you know, reading an excerpt from Dr. Carter G. Woodson's book, The Miseducation of the Negro, more likely than not, and it's complicated, one of the reasons why many black women before Congresswoman Shirley Chisholm did not even dare to get out there and run is because of how miseducated we have been just thinking in our minds that we could never be president of the United States of America. One, we had never seen any black woman be president of the United States of America, not a black man until 2008, being, you know, holding that office. So what Dr. Carter G. Woodson talked about, you know, wrote about in his book, what did he say? Just the very nature You will create that back door, back door, holding us back. But here we go. The one and only. I'm going to read a little bit of this. Hope you feel about it the same way I do. Here we go. So the Congresswoman is stepping up to the podium. People are smiling. They're clapping. And she says these words. She speaks these words. I stand before you today as a candidate for the Democratic nomination for the Presidency of the United States of America. Here's clapping. I am not the candidate of Black America, although I am Black and proud. Say it loud, Congresswoman. Sister Turner interjects. There's clapping. I am not the candidate of the women's movement of this country, although I am a woman and I am equally proud of that. they clapping. I am not the candidate of any political bosses or fat cats or special interests. Clapping and cheers. I stand here now without endorsements from many big name politicians or celebrities or any other kind of prop. I do not intend to offer to you the tired and gib cliches, which for too long have been an acceptable part of our political life. I am the candidate of the people of America and my presence before you now symbolizes a new era in American political history. Woo! hello somebody you better go on and preach it congresswoman shirley chisholm i mean can y'all feel that go back i'm not doing it i'm i am not doing it any justice but she laid that out there she kept it she made it plain baby i'm black and proud i'm a woman and i'm proud but i'm standing before you today Running for president for the American people of this country, I ain't got a whole lot of folks with big names and fancy titles supporting me. But baby, my very presence before you now symbolizes a new era in American political history. You better say that, Congresswoman. Whoo! I get chills every time, every time, every time, every time I read that thing. What it took. For her to take up that space. You better know it. And she was and continues to be an inspiration. Not only to black women. But to women in general. And not only to women. But to the black community as a whole. Not only to the black community. But communities of people. Who have been denied. baby, who could not even envision themselves. In that position. You better say it, Congresswoman. She did. She said it. She said it and she did that. Y'all, this has been an edition of Black History Month 2022 with yours truly, Nina Turner. Hello, somebody. Happy Black History Month. We'll be back with some more before this month is over. But y'all know me well. Held 365 days. We must celebrate the legacy, the achievements, the disappointments. The hopes, the dreams, the ups and downs and turnarounds, baby, of black people. It is always appropriate to talk about black folks and what black people mean to America. Black history is America's history. But we take this extra special time during Black History Month to go on and talk about it and shout it on out. We doing that right now. All right. I'm sending so much love. So, so much love. Thank you so much for joining me In this particular conversation Please go ahead and give us some 4 stars 5 stars, 10 stars If you can Let a friend know or a friend of me know About Hello Somebody Hello Somebody is part of the Black Effect Network Baby On iHeartRadio You know what I want you to do? I want you to keep the faith And show enough, quoting my grandma Show enough, keep the fight Hello, somebody is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
1: AT and T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news